We're going to pick right back up here where we left off last Wednesday uh, on the discipleship journey. If you remember, we were tackling a, a, a light topic, anger and bitterness. And uh, so we took anger uh, last week. Today, I will just highlight the biblical view of anger and then go right into the biblical view of bitterness so that you can follow along and take notes if you're a note-taking person. So you can pick right back up where we are. Now, if you remember from a biblical view of anger, if you fail to deal biblically with anger, and I want to emphasize that point because you can try to deal with your anger many different ways, but if you don't do it biblically, it's not going to help you. It's not going to solve you. Matter of fact, it probably will cause more of a problem if you lean on your own understanding or you get the wisdom that comes from the worldliness today about how to deal with anger and bitterness. You'll find yourself in a hurting position as a, as a believer. Now, I'm talking as we talk about discipleship, we're talking these teachers are for believers and uh, for your for your life but to, or to help someone else a brother or sister that needs help you want to help them disciple them in the faith and when you deal with uh, anger you have to deal with it biblically if not you will find that if you fail to deal with it biblically what will happen is there'll be increased disobedience to the scripture It'll increase disobedience to the scripture, and it's, in, it's very inevitable, and it's very obvious. However, God's abundant resources and promises that we see in the scripture, if you do it his way, and he will enable you to overwhelmingly conquer this giant that is in your life or someone else's life, because this overwhelmingly conquer as you deal biblically with the problem of anger in your life or bitterness in your life. Now, we'll talk, I'm going to start right here, and I'm going to read you Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, and then we will be picking right back up on some of the details, a summary on the anger. It says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who, loves, who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those are significant verses you must go back and meditate on when you're dealing with giants and challenges in your life and you don't think you can overcome them. God didn't say, 
you're, you're at loss after I've saved you and forgiven your sins, and now, okay, you're going to be lost in dealing with these sins the rest of your life. That's not even comprehensible. God says, I'm greater than those things that are you're dealing with in your life, including the anger problem you've had for years, as long as you can remember. Or it's just now coming into your life or coming back into your life. Maybe you were angry, you got saved, and it, it kind of dissipated and walked away. It's no longer you. But you then stepped away from the things of God. You've allowed things to sin come back into your life. And now you're back into sin, into the sin of anger and the sin of bitterness. And things like that have come back into your life. It's not too late to come and deal with it biblically, God says. If you do it his way, it will work. And we're going to cover through those tonight as fast as I can to make sure we highlight all of those things you need to think about to overcome, biblically, anger and bitterness in your life. Now, if you remember in anger, there was some significant, and again, I'll just highlight some of the things, that it will come significantly. It will be seen that sinful anger violates Scripture. Sinful anger violates scripture. You must understand that it is sin and you need to call it as that in your life. An ever-present temptation to live for self is what is the bottom line driving you into this sinful behavior of, of anger and bitterness. It is because of self. You need, to, you need to die of self because it is coming back in the form of this anger because you're so frustrated inside over things that are in your, going on in your life and or in around your life. And you are not to allow anger to get the upper hand and gain control over your mind and conduct since Satan uses this as an opportunity to affect, affect your life and sin always affects those around you. It never affects just your life. And your deeds will be very obvious. Your thoughts will be geared toward anger and bitterness. Not only that, your words and your actions will also follow. And it will reveal whether you are living to please yourself or living to please God. Period. Regardless of how you try to dress it up and justify it, it does not work. It does not work. And you're because you're carrying out fleshly desires instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. That is what's happening. You're having your prayers, life will be hindered, the scripture says. If you haven't dealing with it, you will God will not, it will hinder your prayer life. It will damage your relationship with others. Because you'll become very judgmental, very critical-spirited, very stiff-necked, and placing a stumbling block in their paths. That's exactly what will happen if you are walking down that path of anger and bitterness. You're not going to be willing to, un, uh, to you'll be unwilling to overlook others' transgressions and, 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 and weaknesses. Or and you will fail to want to forgive them of their weaknesses and their transgressions. You will start thinking unbiblically, using words that do not edify, but tear down. You will find yourself returning evil instead of giving blessings and stirring up more anger and strife among those around you. Impairing your own judgment. So you start making bad judgment calls 
on things that need to be made. And you're, failing, you're falling into foolish mistakes we see in the scriptures and becoming unfit for spiritual leadership. And then judging others in the area of your own sin, you will start doing that. You will see things in other people's lives and you will obviously start judging others of the speck in their eye and you bypass the log in your own eye. And you'll failing to love others biblically. You will have this pretend love or a fellowship with people, but behind the scenes it's just a facade, and you'll carry on until a point you cannot hide it any longer. It becomes evident. It comes out in the light. Now, the biblical view of bitterness. The sin of bitterness hinders your spiritual growth. From, from my perspective, I believe it goes from anger and it starts spinning to a point where it becomes bitterness and we see that it can take root in people's lives and a foothold and start producing. As when a root is developed, a bitterness, there's a fruit that will come from that person's life that's not good. And one of the things that we'll do is it will be a hindrance to their spiritual growth and it harms their relationships with others. It will devastate relationships with others. And it causes much trouble and must be put away quickly from your life. You cannot be let linger because it never just goes away if you do not deal with it biblically. And be replaced by compassionate kindness and forgiveness. And we'll see some scriptures. Let me give you three of them. First one is Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 and 32. This is not a question. This is not negotiable. This is not a suggestion. The scripture says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You must put it away. Why? Because you have been forgiven. If you're not, if you're not, if you really believe you've been forgiven, you are a child of God, you and I must always remember we've been forgiven. That means we must forgive others. And it's not a what ifs, and not a maybes, not a, you know, uh, some kind of um, considerations, maybe, or some qualifications if I will forgive if they did the following five things ten things and every time people keep trying to move in that direction and it went from five things now it's ten things they need to do then if it comes 15 things to do then it comes 20 things they must do always never obtaining your perfection that you're in your eyes because your bitterness is still there Hebrews chapter 12 verses 14 and 15 pursue peace with all people and holiness, without once, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So we see here in Hebrews, we must pursue peace with all people, not with just certain people. And holiness, we must do this. If not, we're going to fall short in the grace of God. And it will show in our lives. And what will happen is if you don't show the grace of God, 
be careful. The scriptures here in Hebrew says it can cause this root of bitterness to spring up, which will cause trouble. <laughs> bitterness always causes trouble. Now, we can see it played out on news today, right? You can see it all throughout the news system, right? The anger, the bitterness, and you can see what can cause and problems that can cause people. It's very, very, very sad. James chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, and, and then 14 through 18 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? It's a good question. Then we jump down to verse 14 of chapter 3, and it says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly and sensual and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and envy are in every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and then peaceable and gentle and willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, so when you read those scriptures, how many times have we said, well, it's just, I'm just angry over the situation. Well, I have reason for bitterness because it's really you understand what's been going on in all these years and how he's treated me. Or, and you can go on, but I, I read the scripture and I say as my brother and my sister here who's listening, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be trying to just anything that says that kind of attitude, that kind of sin that's in your life of anger and bitterness is coming very clearly. It says it descends not from above, but is earthly and sensual and demonic. Why would you as a, as a, as a child of God want anything in your life that describes that? And think you can justify why you can be angry and bitter. I don't think so. The scripture is very clear. We have to be very, very careful. So when you take a look at this, the root word here of bitter or bitterness in the original language in the Old Testament has many different descriptions of bitterness. Let me give you some of those so you understand what the scripture says. One is it, it bitter means sharp or pointed. Very sharp, very, very pointed, sharp smell, sharp taste, sharp, it's, it's sharp. Another one we see is rebellious. Bitterness is rebellious. You can see it in the form of rebellion. Rebellion of authority, rebellion of, of a, certain relationships. Boss, employee relationship can become very bitter. And you can tell by the employee will become rebellious. How about rebellion or discontented? That's another facet of that I believe you will see from someone who is bitter. They're very discontented. And you will see it coming from their words and their actions and their thoughts that they 
eventually comes out of their mouths or there's their body language. Or disobedient is another word for bitterness in the scriptures. And lastly, a gall of bitterness or a bitterness of spirit. And we see that in Acts and Romans and Hebrews and James. That word of the gall of bitterness or the bitterness of spirit, that word there, is meaning bitterness that's coming from that person's life. And bitterness is compound with the lack of repentance. And you have to understand that if it's sin that's unrepentant, it's going to cause some problems because it's, it's, it's connected with the holding of an angry grudge against someone who has wronged you or against someone whom you think has wronged you. It doesn't have to be someone who wronged you, but if you think you've been wronged because it didn't go a certain way you wanted it, that can be hinged or connected to unrepentant sin called bitterness in your life. Your speech of evildoers we see in Psalms 64, 1-4. Or the speech of evil do, uh, of evil doers of Romans chapter three verses ten through eighteen. So not only do you find yourself holding on to this grudge, not only are your speech of evil doing, you will see the sins of wrath as also will come from a person who is unrepentant bitterness of that sin, and we will see the sins of wrath and anger. A provoked kind of irritation from them. Or clamor, the shouting or uproaring or crying out or slander, a blasphemy or malice, this wickedness or some special kind of moral deficiency will surface in their lives. It's only a matter of time. And what's the, what's the result of this unrepentant, sinful bitterness in your life? Well, the scripture is very clear. It's it's because you're living for yourself. You're pleasing yourself. You want what you want when you want it. And is often directed at harming other people. Maybe not intentionally at first, but eventually that bitterness will take root and it will only matter. It's only a matter of time. It will come out to actually harm other people because of your unrepentant sin. Because it comes short of the grace of God. You're coming short of the grace of God. Hebrews 12, verse 15, in the first part of verse 15. It will cause trouble for others. It, 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 it's an, they become an annoyance in some form, or people become annoyance to them. We see that in Hebrews, at the end of Hebrews 12, verse 15. It defiles many this. We see that again in Hebrews 12, 15. It defiles many. It stains or leaves a mark in the relationships that person's involved in. And ultimately connects you to godliness and immoral people. What will happen is that person will find themselves ultimately connecting and relating more with people who are like-minded, people who are in sin, who are living immorally, unrepenting sin. That's who they will gravitate to because they'll feel more 
comfortable being around those type of people. And finally, bitterness is not to characterize your life in Christ, in your new life. Bitterness is never connected to the new self, the new, the new life. It's not a characteristic of following of, of Christ. Never. And it is to be put off, the scripture says. And you can. You can overcome bitterness. That is what you must know tonight. If you find yourself there this evening or you're discipling someone else and that bitterness has come out, you just need to know it doesn't matter your family member and how bitter that family member may be. They can overcome it if they will do it biblically. That means you have to teach them. Share with them what the scripture says of overcoming it if they will follow and respond in a biblical manner. Because you have to help someone understand that bitterness is sin and it defiles many. So you have to tell them the truth. You have to do it to tell them the truth in love. And you must confess your bitterness. They must confess their bitterness as sin to obtain God's forgiveness and cleansing. Why? Because you just go back to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 states that. And instead of being bitter toward others, you are to be tender-hearted and kind to one another. You must practice those things. You must practice those things. You must practice tenderheartedness and kindness to one another. Forgiving each other just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1. 31 and 32. And then you also must avoid bitterness toward God himself. Sometimes we forget that we can be bitter toward people because you see him in the interactions, but so many times people can be bitter toward God. And his dealings in your life and how things are playing out and you become bitter because that is not what is supposed to happen. That is not the way I want this to happen and play out. And you can become angry and then bitter toward God because of the fact that you are not liking the way that God is dealing with you in and around your life. Or the lives of others. You become bitter because God says, I want that person to come home with me now. And you become angry with God because God took him or her before you. How do you overcome that? How do you overcome bitterness with God? You must do what the scripture says. You must diligently rejoice always. Rejoice in always in what God's doing. Pray always. Pray without ceasing, the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians. Give thanks to everything. And for all things in the name of Jesus Christ. Why do we able to do that? Because Jesus is our Savior and we have been, been forgiven. Go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Go back there and read those verses at the very end of chapter 5. Like verse 16 through 18 at the very end there. And remember that God is graciously working in your life. He graciously is working in your life regardless of how you feel. And he's merciful. 
and he is righteous in all his ways. Yes, in all his ways. We know the scripture says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. So don't be surprised that God's doing something in your life that is not according to the way you want it. But you have to understand he's merciful, he's righteous and gracious, and he does that in all his ways. You must remember that during the difficult times. So let's finish up here tonight, overcoming anger and bitterness. How do you overcome it? Or how do you help someone and disciple someone else so they can overcome anger and bitterness? Because anger and bitterness often is accompanied of life apart from Jesus Christ. They are apart from Christ. They're living in the old south. They're going back into the old life and the way they think. Sinful habits are starting to creep back in their life. Followed by, if you, but if you follow God's way, you can overcome these sinful deeds of the natural man that continues to seem to be coming back to plague in your life, even after many years. Let me give you some scripture here. John 15, verse 3 through 5. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Romans 6. Verses 12 through 14, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness of God, or righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under Grace. And the last one I will give you here is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. That is the expectations of God for our lives as a children of God. So there's three things you need to think about as you're looking to be, to trans, to be changed biblically in your life when it comes to dealing with your anger and bitterness or how you disciple someone on this. And I'm going to break it into three pieces so you can kind of understand how you to approach this to change biblically when it comes to anger and bitterness. And the first one is, how do you think biblically? What does the scripture tell us how we're to think biblically? And for the sake of time, I'm going to give you those. And if you need, if you'd like more specifics, I can give you all the scripture references I've got down here for each one of these points. 
And there's at least four or five or six scriptures for each one of these. So let's go through this so you can understand it. The first one is remember that God has promised to care for you in any situation. No matter how unsettled it may seem. Now I'm trying to get that is as simple as I can put it. Do you believe that? I'll give you Psalm 23, 1 through 6 for that one. But you have to remember, to think biblically, you need to remember that God has promised to care for you in any situation. You must remember that. The second one is you must confess all sinful thoughts to God and ask for his help in changing this sinful pattern that you find yourself in your life. It's a habit has come in your life that must be dealt with. You must stop that habit and you must practice new habits. See, biblical thinking is you must understand. You must confess that sin. You cannot have any rationalization of why you can be angry or bitter towards someone. But you must ask for help. How many times people want help, but they're not willing to ask for help? It's a form of pride. And that's a whole other subject. That would take the rest of the year to go down. The third thing, to think biblically, you must rejoice. I gave you 1 Thessalonians 5.16. And give thanks in for, in for every situation that you find yourself, knowing that endurance in trials, not giving up, endurance in trials helps conform you to the image of Christ. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. So rejoice. You must remember God's promise. You must confess that sin. You must rejoice in all the situations you find yourself in. And then you need to remember that God's forgiveness of you is the basis for you to forgive others. Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. You must remember you forgive others because of the fact that God already forgave you. And that's biblical thinking. You must remember and ponder on that. This is not just a statement I make. This is something you must be pondering on in your life. You must be, if you're going to be thinking about something, you better be thinking about the fact that you, every time that situation pops up, I've been forgiven, Lord. I'm going to forgive that brother, forgive that sister, forgive whatever that may be. I'm just I'm going to give it to you. You've forgiven me much. I'm going to forgive much. These are biblical thinking that must take place. You also must remember that your love for others demonstrates the love that you have for God. So if you find yourself in an anger, an unrepentant anger and bitterness, that is a reflection of your love for God. And I know some of you are like, no, that can't be. Well, let me take the time to give you the scriptures for this one so you don't rebuttal against me on that. And let me give you the scriptures that is based upon that. It's 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. 
And also chapter 4 of 1 John, verses 20 and 21. So when I read those and I see those things, I say, why don't you, why don't you read 1 John, enjoy 1 John a few times, and read it over over the next few weeks. It's probably going to be very, very helpful for you. And then come back and tell me that your, your love for God is so strong, how can you tell me that it's a demonstration of my love when I will not forgive the anger, forgive other people and have anger and bitterness? Next one is focus your thoughts on glorifying and pleasing God and on being a blessing to others in all situations. Focus on your thoughts on glorifying and pleasing God. God, does this please you? God, how can I please you? How can I bless others in all these different situations? How can I turn this from this negative situation to a positive situation that pleases you? You must biblically think about how to do that. And you need to teach others how to do that. Next one is within the very situation in which you find yourself, do not dwell on the things that contribute to further sin. You find yourself very angry and bitter about a situation, you must stop that situation in as best you can. You need to understand that you have to look and you cannot dwell on or contribute to any further to that sin. Instead, you must discipline your mind to think on the things that please the Lord. Not only you know, singing to the Lord that's positive, that's not, thinking about things that are better and more important to, to have a, a blessing for that person versus God cursing that person. But we must remember to pray for those who persecute you, Matthew 5.44. You must pray for those who persecute you. And then two more things and think biblically. You must think kind, tender thoughts toward the very individuals with whom you are or have been engaging in that's caused these problems. You must focus on what you're thinking. The stinking thinking is getting to be a stench in your life and it affects, that stench affects everyone around you. But you must focus your thoughts on facing and dealing with the current problem. You must deal with the problem. And then lastly, the, I am very important when it comes to thinking biblically to overcome angry and bitterness, anger and bitterness, you must review the Psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs that you have memorized, you have sang, you have written out, you've read, you must do that. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, and Colossians 3.16. That's thinking biblically to overcome anger and bitterness in your life. Just thinking. What's the second thing we have to focus on? And that is how do we speak biblically? Let me get those through here real quick to you. First, you must confess your current sins to the Lord and to those whom you have failed to love in a biblical manner. You must confess that sin. You must confess it to the Lord and you must confess it to those 
that you are not you're angry or bitter toward, including the sins of failing to complete your responsibilities. And you must confess anything else that comes to your mind because I assure you, if you're down the path of anger and bitterness, you have other sins that you just haven't brought out to light yet, but you're, you're dealing with. You must deal with those other sins as well. The second thing you need to do, speaking biblically, you need to do not, do not talk about your past accomplishments to justify, I was, I was great once before. I had no problems before. No, no. That's the past. You don't dwell on the, dwell on the sorrows or the defeats or the worries of the, about the future and the uncertainty of our nation, the uncertainty of the world and the, how things are going to play out. You dwell on those. You're in trouble. You do not talk about those things. Comparing yourself to others Boastfully promising what you will do in the future. God, if you just get me out of this situation and I, I promise you I will. No, your false promises. All God wants you to do is just simply come to him, fall down and confess and repent of the sin that you're dealing with. So do not talk about these things. Instead, edify others by thankfully speaking of the goodness of the Lord. That's what you should be doing. Speaking and edifying the goodness of the things of God. The things of the Lord and what he has done in and through your life. And the recent difference or the, the recent uh, in, uh, difference he has made in your life. Especially in the situation at hand. You must focus on God. But this is, this I can do. For, this will please you. I can, I can start moving forward and doing this. These are the things you need to be speaking. Not the other things. The other thing you need to do when it comes to speaking biblically to overcome anger and bitterness is that you do not slander, gossip, quarrel, or use words that do not edify others. None of that should be coming out of our mouths. Instead, let your speech be truthful and gracious and according uh, to the, the need of the moment, that what's pleasing of God. That's what you're supposed to focus on. And two more when it comes to speaking biblically. Next one is do not bring up another's sin in any accusing or revengeful manner, either to others, yourself, or to the person who has sinned. You are not to bring those things up and accuse or use them vengefully to come against them. You do not react to those things. Proverbs 10 18, Proverbs 17, 9, Proverbs 20, verse 19. There's so many things in the scriptures that talks about you do not look for revenge to come against that person or accusing them. And lastly, for speaking biblically, encourage reconciliation with God. Encourage reconciliation with God and reconciliation with others being careful, and let me emphasize this point, being careful to follow biblical guidelines in doing that. Matthew 5, 9. 
Matthew 5, 23 through 20 and 24. And there's many others. And I encourage you, again, you if you're dealing with anger and bitterness, you must reconcile with God. And if you're going to do it and you reconcile with others, do it biblically. Do it the way God says you must do it. And then if, on the other side, if someone has been angry and bitter toward you, make sure you do it biblically in addressing that person. And then finally tonight, we're going to t- go talk about the act biblically. There is a, a uh, th- how you think biblically, how you speak biblically, but how you act biblically will really determine if you're going to overcome this anger and bitterness in your life or you'll be able to disciple or help someone else to overcome it. And let me give you those. First, you must act biblically how? Forgive others just as God has forgiven you. Forgiveness. Two, memorize scripture. Memorize the scripture's verses And study the scripture passages that specifically are related to overcoming anger and bitterness. I'll give you Psalm 119.9. And also verse 11 and 16 also of 119. Memorize the Psalms. Memorize the hymns. Memorize the spiritual songs to help you set your mind on the Lord to be a blessing to others. Memorize the scripture. Thirdly, pray always with thanksgiving. Always praying, always with thanksgiving. And cast all your cares on the Lord, 1 Peter 5, 7. And I said it earlier, but you must act. You must not just say it. You must not just think it. You must actually act and do it. You must pray for those who persecute you, Matthew 5, 44. The next thing that you actually need to do in acting biblically, you must identify all the danger signals when it comes to triggering your anger or bitterness and the, around the the situations around the places, the person, or the people that you come in contact that brings temptation, that raises up anger or bitterness in your life. You must take immediate actions and eliminate and flee and resist that temptation so you do not become angry or bitter in, when you get into that. You must identify those trigger points. You must look at them. And you must ask God how to I best deal with that. So I do not go back into sin. And go back into this that causes these challenges. And also you must act. Not just think. Not just say it. But to actually do it, you must make amends for wrongdoing and seek reconciliation with those you've offended. And many times you have to remember, yes, 
You've confessed your sin. I've confessed my sin. I, I confess with God that I know I'm angry and I'm bitter. But that's true and that's good and that is right. But you need to demonstrate actively your serious intent to change. It just can't be just words. It's got to be reconciliation and in dealing with the wrongdoings. You must seek to make that right in who you've offended. Next is blessing others through tangible, genuine expressions of biblical love and service. You must look at that person who you've been angry with and bitter toward. You must think of tangible ways to show uh, and express biblical love to them. Regardless how you feel, especially to those who are considered your enemy. And you do it always with kindness and, and tenderheartedness to the very individuals who seem to, to absolutely put you over the edge. And look for opportunities to minister to others. Especially how you minister, you're ministering to others in a Christ-like servant way. You're serving the other people. And then finally, we must practice biblical stewardship. Honor our Lord. You must honor the Lord and be of practical help to others with the resources of money, the time, the energy, the strength, whatever the Lord has given you, you must look for ways to practice and practically biblical stewardship in the fellowship of believers and to those that God leads you to do. And finally, if you're still struggling after all of that, phone a friend. If you're struggling after all of that and you've implemented all these things, you must phone a friend. You must understand you need help. You need, as a Christian, you need a Christian friend to hold you accountable to carry out the most basic and contingency plan to overcome anger and bitterness in your life. Until you establish until you establish a new pattern of godly living, and that does not include anger and bitterness in your life. Find someone you can trust as a brother in the Lord or sister in the Lord to help you to be accountable to do that. And then lastly, let me highlight to this. You do not... You do not associate. And when I say do not associate as a brother or a sister, you do not associate. You do not, you do not have close fellowship or friendship with those who are in unrepentant anger and bitterness in their lives. You're not to hang with these people. And I believe that happens in a position where people say, 
Yes, I know they're bitter and angry and situations, all kinds of problems, stuff. But I'm just going to go and I'm just going to love on them. And I'm going to, I just want to talk to them and see, I'll be available for them to talk. No. Again, be very careful because the scripture, go back to Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. Do not associate with others given to anger or bitterness, but especially anger. Unrepentant and habitual anger that's in their lives. You not to do that. Until they repent and until they come and reconcile and, and confess and ask for forgiveness, you do not have a close fellowship with those individuals. Why? Because they will affect your life. They will affect your life. Let the Lord work on their hearts. So that closes the subject matter of anger and bitterness. And we will pick back up next week, Lord willing, onto the next subject in hand.